On this episode of Jesus Center Stage, we talk about listener suggestions for podcast openings. Is the modern church preaching the real gospel? And did that preacher just say that God has a cell phone? You can't be yawning as we start. I'm so tired, though. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, last week we, um, we had a discussion on how to start the podcast. So this week we started it with you yawning. I'm so uh, tired. <laughs> we did have uh, one of our listeners uh, give us an idea on starting the podcast. I don't know if you're familiar, but in a lot of like, boxing matches, uh, UFC fights, you have the guy that comes out that says, you know, with a big voice, let's get ready to, and he said, do that and then say worship instead of rumble, worship. Okay. Um. That's a cool idea. I thought you were going to go with in this corner. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought you were headed for. Yeah, we could do that also. (laughs) Maybe one day. When we have a disagreement about something, we'll show up to start out We can have a debate show. There's things in the Bible that we don't agree on. Mm -hmm, So you could get in that corner. Mm -hmm. I'll get in this corner. Mm -hmm. And then we can do that in this corner. All right. I'm liking this idea. We might not use the are you ready to worship, but. We might go with it in this corner. Either one's better than you yawning to start the show. I'm sorry. We get I have a fired great up here. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> We're getting into the word. I have a great excuse though. Well, share it with the audience so we all know what your excuse well, is. At about two o'clock today, I pulled a stunt um, on the youth group, and instead of having a regular youth night, we went to work in somebody's yard, in in her flower beds, and so we worked for two hours. Instead of sitting down and, you know, having a conversation, we were, like, digging holes and planting flowers and spreading mulch. and Putting like, in work. Yeah. Putting in work. Okay. And so now I'm tired. You think they're tired? Uh, Yeah. They they're, were talking about how good they were going to sleep tonight. <laughs> they're they good are workers. Really, they are great workers. Yeah. And, you know, you know, some people may say, well, what's that about, you know, what would be better to, to meet and have the discussions or do that. But I think a lot of, of, of youth group is obviously it's it's all about Jesus. But I also think that it's about team building, yes. uh, learning to rely on one another. And I think those these, kinds of things these last too. couple of work days that we've had, I think it's really helped build just being just being friends yeah. and building well, that, that camaraderie. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was going to say it, but I was afraid I would say it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. Um, but, yeah, they did great. And then the, the lady that we were uh, doing the work for tonight, she said multiple times how impressed she was that she's had groups of teenagers come before, and they've been on their phones or complaining. And she said, I didn't hear anybody complain, and I didn't see not even a single phone out all night. So I am yeah. so impressed with you guys. So that was really encouraging yeah. and and proves they are really good workers. Like they mm-hmm. have fun and work. Yeah. Like they, they really work. And, and, and what we try to, you know, stress to everybody that we meet is you can go and do work like that with Jesus at the center. Mm-hmm. Uh, just doing it in, in a, a, a godly and they way. they did that um the lady that we were working for she stayed out there with us and, and worked with us tonight and uh she told me later that one of them shared their salvation testimony with her while they oh, were wow. working 
So they were definitely, I was at a different place, you know, at that moment when that happened. But she told me later that, that a, a salvation testimony had been shared while they were there working. Wow, so that that's was cool. Yeah, was, that was very impressive. By, by you was in another. You meant you was like sitting somewhere watching. Yeah, because that explains how tired I am. <laughs> yeah, supervision is a hard it job. It is. It's tough. It's, it's real tough. So, uh, not a whole lot going on this week. Um, I am happy that I'm getting home from work now before it gets dark. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> You're not happy that I'm getting home? No, I'm not. I'm, no, that's not what I meant at all. <laughs> that's what you said. I, that's, no, I, I meant that I'm not getting home before dark. Oh, Because okay. I didn't get home until a little bit ago. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, work work has gotten a little bit better. Um, we had a virtual concert last night with Mike Powell of Third Day, which... I really enjoyed. I know you said you didn't enjoy as much as... I gave it a six. Give it a six. I gave it like an eight. Um, Okay, then I probably only gave it a five. hmm. That makes no sense. But anyways... I was saying, I I don't know. Yeah, it was was really good. It it helps. I didn't know a lot of the songs. Yeah, he he is one of my favorite um, artists. And of course, he was with the band Third Day for many, many years. And uh, so I encourage anybody uh, that enjoys i did um, like that new one he did yes the the rising of the sun i don't know what the title is but it's it said from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same the name of the the lord shall be praised praised. yeah yep right Uh, out that is book chapter verse yeah psalms 113 yes um yeah so it was it was it was uh really good so i enjoyed that and then here we are tonight uh doing a podcast so uh we got a topic here that is um, unpopular. I was going to say controversial. We can um, go that. And, and you know, I think it's a topic. I think when you put it out there, ninety-nine percent of the people say, "Oh yeah, I agree, I agree." But then, when you kind of examine the the churches that you know mm-hmm. are, are out there now, um, it's kind of like that Paul Washer where everybody clapped, and he said, "I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about, about you." you. And uh, when we talk about the modern church, and like people's Bodie like, Bauckham, "Oh, when he says that word, I I don't think that word means what you think it means." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so everybody's like, "Oh yeah, I, I fully agree." But then when you look at the churches that that are out there, and and many people are attending, you see it's exactly um, kind of what our topic is, and and basically I, I don't really know how to say the topic other than just uh, it was you that came. Uh, with, up with this idea this week of differences just, in the gospel yeah the modern church the modern gospel uh compared to the biblical mm-hmm. gospel and the biblical church even um so since you kind of came up with it i'll let you go ahead and kind of lead us down that path that you had in your mind and uh and we'll just discuss a little bit here today uh with our listeners as to what the modern church is versus what the Bible tells us about church. So I was listening to the radio. There's several Christian stations in the area that I like to flip from one to the other because they play the same stuff. So I have to like keep about four or five of them, you know, for Mm -hmm. variety. And one of them, um, I can't remember if it was the radio host or if it was some little 
you know how they play like those clips of yeah. speakers or whatever and i don't i don't even remember who it was but he was saying things like you're important and god has a plan for your life and you know and these these almost we've heard them so many times that they've almost become cliche mm -hmm. and as i flipped off that station yes i did i flipped off that station and it just it just struck me like that is the gospel that in in modern times like that's how we portray the gospel when we go to share the gospel with somebody we want to pat them on the back and hug them and say oh you're so important you are important and god has this wonderful plan for your life and you're irreplaceable and there's nobody like you and god needs you and you, you know, you're here for such a time as this. And yes, I know that's book, chapter, verse, but it's misused in this context. Um, the, and, and, and we just, we center the whole sharing of the gospel around us. Mm -hmm. It's about how important I am. It's about how God has a plan for your life. It's, you know, it's so, we bring it down to earth to, way too much. Yeah. Like we, we just, we minimize it to the level of our importance it is. and and how it is good for us. And that, like, I can't even remember exactly. Like I said, I, I, I changed the station when he started, but it just clicked in my head. Like that is the way we share the gospel. Mm -hmm. I've shared the gospel like that. Yeah. Like Jesus loves you. You're important. God has a plan for your life. And it never mentioned the actual gospel. Yeah. Like we've we've done a podcast before about the the symbols and and you know how how simple the gospel can be, and that gospel that Jesus came down, he died on a cross, he was buried in a tomb, he went back to heaven, and he's coming back again. That gospel has absolutely zero to do with us. No, no, it's all about him. Exactly, it's all about him. And and uh, an example, I believe the I believe the uh, pastor's name was Matt Chandler. Um, gave that uh, rebuttal message, I guess you could say, about we're not, you're not David. Mm -hmm. And you think when we hear that story of David and Goliath, uh, you, before you even get started good in the story, people are already, and, and, and preachers are already pointing to, uh, this is how you overcome the giants in your life. You know, and, and on that the was surface, one of those things I thought for twenty years of yeah, my life, and on, they went, "Oh snap!" Yeah, on the I surface, it. <laughs> it don't seem that bad. You're thinking, mm -hmm. "Yeah, you know, I'm I'm drawing encouragement from it," uh, but then when we we really dig into the story and look at at it, it's it's not so that we think that we're David and that we can just go out and slay giants one after the other, but it comes back to to God's will and God's plan. And well, that God David fit one, into that place that God had designed for him to, to go to. God is the one who defeats the giants in our lives. Mm -hmm. If we if we try to go up against a Goliath, we're going to be dead. Like, that's going to be the end. Yeah. Because we can't do that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I said it's, it, on the surface that sounds good because you think if, if you just using that it's story. It's powerful. Uh, if you put yourself in that position... You're thinking, well, I can overcome mm -hmm. the giants, but uh, and, and in that way, we are David because without God, you know, supplying David with everything he needed, David wouldn't have. But that don't mean that that story is about us being able to 
defeat our giants or defeat yeah. whatever that every but we like to make every story about us mm-hmm. we like to pull out the hero yeah even when we get it wrong well, it's a, let's it's not talk about joseph an important part of preaching is application how mm-hmm. can we apply this to our lives but i just think, I think we, we missed s- the application well i think i think we skip all the other things and just go straight to the application like we don't get into the biblical the meanings behind it we don't get into this whole story and we don't get into how god was glorified through it just like what with joseph you know we've talked about joseph before and then it wasn't really about joseph uh, as much as it's about judah and but we we skip all that and go straight to the application like how does this apply to me mm-hmm. you know how 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 can I, I use we, this we to make take, me feel better we take who we think is the hero mm-hmm. and apply it to us that's gonna be me yeah, like in any of the stories, like we take we we talk about Noah and the flood, and we we like well Noah's the hero of that story because he was faithful, you know, and he and he shared the gospel, mm-hmm. and he you know he was he was faithful through through all of that, and he did what God said. So I'm gonna be Noah. I'm gonna be that strong, you know. We look at Peter preaching in Acts, and you know using his keys in the kingdom to open that up. Well, like, oh, I'm going to be Peter. You know, we, mm-hmm. we automatically a, a, assert ourselves into the whoever we think is the hero of that yeah. story. Nobody ever says and, it would be Judas. Well, that's because he's not a hero. <laughs> Nobody ever. And you know does. what? That's probably the best application any of us could fit in. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, that's mm-hmm. probably the best one. But nobody's claiming that. Nobody's, no, because no. nobody wants to be there. Yeah. Um. But that just goes back to to how we like to think about ourselves and how we like to share the gospel. Is we don't share it; we share it with cotton balls around it or yeah. something. I don't know. Like we we puff it up and we make it to be about us, where it makes us feel better. Well, but the, too- the truth of the gospel, if you really latch on to the gospel, you ain't gonna feel good. No, that's you're what gonna, I was gonna be say, convicted. If we just if we just present the gospel. In, in a very simple but truthful way, then we're going to, we would start by saying, okay, what I'm fixing to tell you is you're not getting much out of this in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. So, and, and right then, people are turned off and people want to look at something else. And that's why yeah. it's so easy to say, uh, you know, I, I heard a preacher say one time that, that that's a terrible way to witness by saying Jesus loves you. Because the person says, oh, well, I love me too. And then you say, well, he has a plan for your life. And then they say, well, I have a plan for my life too. And they think that they're the same. Mm-hmm. So whatever my plan is for my life, Jesus has got my back. And and that's the, how we share the gospel. Yeah, because That's literally how we share the gospel. How do you get people to engage with you? You say things they like. True. And, and in doing so, we're, we're cheating God. Mm-hmm. And we're cheating Jesus for the sacrifice that He made um, by, you know, by giving His His life for us. So, yeah, there there's a huge difference between the modern uh, gospel and and I think a lot of it is American gospel. Mm-hmm. I know we got um, we we can see, as you know, we can see uh, different countries that are that listen to the podcast. So I know we have a lot of listeners in other countries, um, and and we're very very thankful for that. So thank you for listening. Uh, but I think when when we look at the American church, from what I can see, and you know, of course we can kind of go around the world on YouTube 
and watch services from different mm-hmm. places and stuff. But from what I see, churches in other countries like India or Pakistan or uh, in South America, they haven't been spoiled like mm-hmm. the American church has. And therefore, the Americans are like, I don't want to go to a church unless it makes me feel good. Well, not only that, but but along the same lines of spoiling, like we have so much. We have so, like, material things. Mm-hmm. We have so much that we have made this this whole new thing of I worship God when my stuff is good. Mm-hmm. And like my finances, my relationships, my house, my clothes, my pets, my when my stuff is good, then I worship and I, I praise worship. him. But then, I, but I don't really seek him then, really. Well, no, because my stuff is don't, good. When I seek him is when when things are bad. But then I blame him too. And when they get good, I quit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it, again, what is that centered around? That's mm-hmm. still centered around me. What's important is me. What's important is my comfort, my stuff, my well-being, mm-hmm. and and so we we have we are so God, spoiled what here. What God is wanting to do, uh, it, we want to think that it depends on us. Like God is sitting there, He has a plan, mm-hmm. and and He's sitting there watching, you know, looking at Elsie, saying, "Oh, if she would just only." Only do this. And, like he desperately and he's just, needs he's me. He's just, you know, oh, I can't do this without her. And that's kind of the way the church is, is thinking a lot is is that I'm in control. God's up there wanting to do it, wanting to do it, wanting to do it. But it's my decision whether or not his plan is going to, to happen. And that, like, that is so, so far from true. No. Um, I was just having a conversation with a friend on uh, Monday, and, and we we talked for like two hours. We talked about everything. But that came up in the discussion of God's plan is bigger than you. Mm -hmm. Like, I hate to break it to you, but you're not really that important. No. Like, his plan is bigger than you. And we talked about uh, King Saul, that he's a great example of somebody. Because she she made the statement, if if God has has this plan, and if you say, you have free will. So if you say no, he's going to go, okay. Do you go, you go do your own thing then? Mm-hmm. I'm still going to do what I want to do, and Saul is a great example of that because he disobeyed. He thought sacrifice was better than obedience, and God literally said, "Okay, you do your own thing. I'm getting a new king. Go to another one." Yeah, like he 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 messed up, and he didn't follow God's plan. But God's plan continued without him. Yeah, which I think speaks to. You're not that important. I, I think like when he's going to find somebody. When it comes to God's plan, I think I can think of three things that are going to happen. One, what you just said, he's going to say, "Okay, you're unusable. I'm going to go find mm-hmm. somebody that is usable." And I think we probably see that in the Bible a lot, but it isn't recorded. You know, like maybe Saul wasn't his first choice. As a matter of fact, we know he wasn't because. That was the people that wanted Saul yeah. as king. God God was perfectly happy with him being the king. Right. But the people wanted it. But anyways, I think one thing is he will move on to somebody else who is willing. Um, two, he will put you in a bad spot. Uh, uh, I don't know what the, I'm doing air quotes here, but Jonah. Jonah says, mm-hmm. this is what God wants me to do, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm not willing. 
and God had That's such like, a specific okay. <laughs> plan that he said, okay, well, this is how we're going to go about this, and then we'll see what you do. So that's the second way. And then the third way is... I think the story is, of Jonah is a great example of God's sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't want to go to Nineveh? Okay, where's that fish at? Mm-hmm. I need that fish. <laughs> Here. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the third way, of course, is that you are a willing vessel. And, and I think that's the three mm-hmm. ways it's going to go. But one way or the other, he... he he will achieve what he's going to achieve without you. And that's that's a very um, humbling thought. I'm really not that important. God's going to do whatever anyways. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I think, an encouraging thing. Because if, if our heart is after God, and we want to be involved in his plan, and we want to follow him, and we make a mistake, then then is when that, that fact is encouraging. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I really messed it up. But I didn't mess up God's plan. I'm not big enough to mess up God's plan. So that's when you get back up and you go back to him and you say, hey, I really messed this up, but I still want to be involved. I still want to do what you want me to do. So, you know, forgive me. Once again, the Bible's full of those two. I messed up once. I messed up twice. I messed up three times. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But here I am again, you know. So, yeah, we see (laughs) see that a lot. And and I, I want to... To also touch on that fact, we're we keep saying that you're not that important, but you got to look at what context we're saying that in too. Yes. Because also every one of us was and is important enough that he died for us. Yes. So well, don't don't take I, it. What that we're, we're saying, saying by you're not that important is you're not the center, you're yeah. not the focus. Mm-hmm. You you are worth. You are worth him dying for. He thought that you were worth dying for. But when we say you're not that important, it's you're not the center of this. You're not the focus of yeah. this. When you and read the Bible, it's not about you. Exactly. That That's basically what we're saying. Is it, exactly. It, it's for you. The Bible's not about you. The Bible is for mm-hmm. you. And, and, in, in, and there's a big difference yeah, in And that. realizing that, you can see actually how important you are to him. Like he he came and died for you. He purchased you with a price, and that was a verse that I had, First uh, Corinthians six and twenty. And I'm gonna try to read this without my glasses. First uh, Corinthians six verse twenty says, "For ye are bought with a price; therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's." So you, you we've been purchased uh, by the blood. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it that way, of course, I mean, you've talked about it. We we heard a great message uh, years ago, I guess it's been now, that that w- he bought you. So when you're not surrendering yourself to him, you're basically a thief. He, you're, mm-hmm. You belong to him. And if you're not giving yourself, then you're a thief. But you're that's keeping, how— You're keeping away from him what he, what he already bought, yeah. like what is rightfully his— mm-hmm. And that changes the context of the gospel. That changes it when when we when you share the gospel with somebody because they already belong to him. They're just not acting like it. Yeah. And you're saying I'm going to get Jesus what he deserves by sharing the gospel with you, so that you accept what he's already done for you. Yeah. That switches the focus of the gospel being all about us to mm-hmm. the gospel is about him. Yeah. The bo- this the, is the about gospel, what he deserves. Uh, another way of saying it is people want to say it's about you being able to go to heaven mm-hmm. when it's actually about him 
providing you a way to heaven. Yeah. It's, it's not that you deserve it. You don't deserve to go to heaven. You don't, yeah. you don't deserve to be able to fellowship we with him. We don't deserve that he bought us. We don't deserve no. the price that he paid. Um, and that goes back to the, the we are worth that to him. We, he gave his life. Um, there's so many places in scripture that says he laid down his life. He became sin for mm-hmm. us. He, you know, he sacrificed himself so that we would be made the righteousness of God. Like that's over. That's like a theme in, in especially the New Testament. No, um, the, the, go ahead. I was just going to go to uh, Ephesians is one of the verses that I wrote down that says we have redemption in him. We have redemption through his blood, which paid the penalty for our sin, the forgiveness and complete pardon of our sin in accordance with the riches of his grace. It's just another reference of this redemption he he did that for us he gave up his life for us he paid for us and and that is such a huge thing that that when we make the gospel about us when we take the modern gospel way we diminish the price that he paid because oh well we were worth the price Mm -hmm. you know we were to him but we're not worth that price yeah in in Romans it says that while we were yet sinners, God he he gave his life for us. Christ mm-hmm. died for us while we were yet sinners. Yeah. So there was nothing that we did to earn it. There was nothing we did to deserve it. And and looking at the gospel from that perspective, that he already did everything. Mm-hmm. He already gave everything because he gave his own life. Then then how can I not share him? How can I not serve him? Yeah. Because he deserves that. He he does. And and sadly so much today is is just what we've been talking about this whole time is people come through the church doors and either one they, they come through the church doors saying, What can I get mm-hmm. here today? Or people come through not knowing what to expect and they're greeted by a, a church that says, Oh, let me tell you all the things that you're gonna get from this. Mm-hmm. And and of course you can you can just go into uh, the the financial stuff that we see so much that's just off the charts ridiculous, but then you can <laughs> go into stuff like healing and and you know all those things that we also see. Once again, those are things about what am I getting out of it, and mm-hmm. and not what uh, Christ done for me, and and what God has done that I might have a way into eternal life. So. It's it's a lot, and you know I I don't want to get too far into these these topics here uh, that that I'm going to touch on, but because we are talking about the modern church, uh, and the reason being is I've kind of got an idea in my head of a future podcast uh, with a guest and and these topics, but uh, we see in the church a lot of people may not be familiar with the term, but it's they refer to it as postmodernism. And it's basically that thought. We see it through society, but it's in the church that whatever you, whatever is is true to you, is true to you. So if you believe, it takes out the absolute. It, it does. So if I believe that Jesus is the only way, then that's my truth. But if another person believes that if you, you know, listen to the Beatles uh, enough times, that you'll you'll in the afterlife you'll just go and live in the studio with the Beatles. That's, that's their truth. That's that's really But wild. and that's that's obviously an extreme, but some but it is a that is why 
if you ask a lot of people, you know, Christians, well, do you think Jesus is the only way? A lot of them are hesitant because they think, well, what if that's not the way they believe? And if they believe that, you know, if they're Which Islam or if they're Buddhist. We make or, the gospel about us. It is, yeah. So it's, your it's, truth. Mm-hmm. So in that, that's that's what they call postmodernism. The other that I think we see a lot is progressive Christianity, basically meaning over the years, Christianity progresses, like changes, mm-hmm. and it fits to. It um, gets better. <laughs> yeah, it, it changes to, to the times. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'll hear that, well, back in those days, they didn't have, you know, cell phones or they didn't have TV. Well, so you got to progress it to make it meet this. But the word is never changing. It's always the same. And that's what is considered progressive Christianity. And and you see, if you're on social media much, there's churches that, I mean, it's not something that's you know, in the shadows, they're like, you know, we're progressive Christians and we, we believe that, that God's changing with the times kind of thing. And, um, that just, just, that destroys all hope. It does. Like there's so much change. I know this is off topic, but there's so much change in the world that if, if you lose that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, if Mm -hmm. you lose that, then what what you got left? Yeah, like you know, so he saved you twenty years ago. But that if he's changing with the times, then who's to say yeah, he's going to save me? Yeah, you well, and like, you might have to go back and get saved again because yeah, because he might change his mind tomorrow about what his standards are yeah. or something. Yeah, it, it's just you 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 destroy everything. That's like trying mm-hmm. to take the blood out of the salvation equation. Yeah. Like you you take that out and you have nothing left. Mm-hmm. If you start messing with the character of God and who he is in regard to this story, in regards to the gospel, then you just just you just mess everything up. Like yeah. if you start taking him out of the center or you start changing what he looks like and who he is, then then you've You've just messed it all up. Well, uh, th- well, at that point, though, you can make it into what you want it to be. But that's not helpful, it's ultimately. Not, it's not. But it that's might make why. you feel better but in the moment, but it's not going to make you feel better in eternity. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not going to be helpful. Your, your memory's a little bit better than mine, but that clip that we played uh, the other day of uh, the famous preacher's son, mm-hmm. do you remember what it was he said? There was a lot. The one that sticks in my mind more than anything is that God pulls out his phone and takes a picture of us. Yeah. He said, he said, he said, God's sitting on the front row of heaven with his picture out because with his he, phone out, because yeah. he don't want to miss a moment of what you do. He He's excited by everything, you know, basically. I didn't know God needed a phone to keep up with things. Yeah. Like I thought he was omniscient. But, you know, maybe I missed mm-hmm. something here. Book, chapter, verse that God has a phone, but please. It, by that standard, <laughs> it, it, and this is a, a complete opposite of the real gospel because now God's looking to us. To see what we're going to do next. To see, to see what we're going to do so then he knows how to react. And so, it, yeah. it's so opposite. And you I think, think I said when we were listening to it, I can't remember all of the things that he said in the clip. But everything that he said switched up. Mm-hmm. Instead of us exalting God and us having our focus on God and God being lifted up and God being magnified, 
everything he said switched that dynamic and put us on top and put us on the pedestal and made everything about us and God sitting on the front row of heaven with his phone out and and watching us triumph and celebrating our victories. That was another thing he said, celebrating our, our small victories. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there, there's nothing about this. You remember last week's podcast with book, chapter, verse? Yeah, give it I to would, me, I please. Would like to, I like to corner that fella and, and uh, get some book, chapter, verses um, from him. It's just, it, it, it switched and like, Obviously, I don't agree with anything he said, but just listening to it made me feel bad mm-hmm. because it, it was all of this stuff that he was saying that put us, put people on this pedestal like yeah. God was worshiping us. Mm-hmm. And it was so backwards. And that probably lent to this this whole idea in my head of what have we done with the gospel? We have we have created a new gospel. Yeah. And we have created it around us so that we don't hurt our feelings and we don't get convicted and we can still live however we want to and we can still do whatever we want to. Mm-hmm. And we've created this gospel that has absolutely nothing to do with the gospel. No, God's not because God's not in it. Exactly. Jesus is in well, it. Well, we, we put him on the outside. Yeah. Like, we mention him. Jesus loves you. Mm-hmm. God has a plan for you. Like, we, we keep him on the outside. But it's it, we wrap it around yeah. us. As we said, the Bible is for us and and not about us. Mm-hmm. And by by some of those, that's that's a mega church. I believe he's in Houston. Um, and by that, what he was saying, then the Bible is about us and for God kind of you know what yeah, saying just, like just it the switched the whole the, yeah. it switches the whole dynamic and it, it's but just that's, so that's a lot that's going on and uh i go back once again to if you, our listeners that are in other countries and stuff and and you know when it comes to church and um uh, i guess you could say religious uh organizations or whatever um i I, I do believe that, that you have an advantage when it comes to actually knowing the Gospels. Mm-hmm. The uh, true Because gospel. there's so much here now that is disguised very well until you get into it, and it's mm-hmm. not it's not what, what it's supposed you to be. You mentioned something earlier about when the Gospel is presented and, and, or when somebody comes into church and we present them with all of the things you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I turned to... First Peter chapter one, um, and I'm not going to read the whole verses, but verse eighteen and nineteen it talks about that we were not purchased with perishable things or corruptible things. Yeah, those things are corruptible. The miracles, the financial breakthroughs, the benefits—they're not forever. They're not eternal. No, they're not forever. And and when you said that that we're not we're not um, we we preface the gospel with you're gonna get this and this is gonna be great and all of your problems you're gonna go away we you know we make it sound like this and we're focusing on all of these corruptible things all of these temporary things but then verse 19 says but you were actually purchased with the precious blood yeah of the lamb of the of the unblemished spotless lamb the priceless blood of christ that's the gospel. You were purchased with the priceless blood of Christ. Yeah. And instead of trying to sell you something 
to get you into church. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, we just need to be letting you know that you've been bought. It's mm-hmm. not about you buying something. You've been bought by the blood mm-hmm. of Christ and that there's nothing, um, you know, that's going to change that. It's, it's not going to change through time. It's not going to uh, vary from one place to another. Mm-hmm. But it is always back to it's just about Jesus and it's it's keeping him. I wrote this down uh, before we got started, but I wrote down that the, the gospel of the Bible, the true gospel is about Jesus and what he's already done. Mm-hmm. That's what's already been accomplished. What he, he already paid the price. He already bought us. That's what the gospel is. Yeah. Um, and then I also wrote, if he never did another thing for us. Oh, yeah. Then he still deserves us just because mm-hmm. of what he's already done. If yeah. he never answers another prayer, if he never heals another body, if he never mm-hmm. blesses you with another paycheck, like whatever you want to put in there, he's already he's done. he has already done. Just be, he gave his life so you wouldn't have to die. Mm-hmm. He paid the price. So what that that verse, and I know we've uh, we've referenced it before and can't remember the address but that says he can reconcile us to god yeah so that he can bring us before god and say hey i paid for this one this Mm -hmm. one's with me and and just to think when when, at the end whether you die or 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 here when he comes back at the end that you're standing before god and and all of that holiness and all of that perfection and then jesus steps beside you and says this one's with me yeah that is is enough to serve him. That is enough to worship him. That is enough to praise him regardless of if he ever does anything else. He doesn't he doesn't have to. Like he's already no. given everything possible. Yeah. And and we're we're coming to a close here, but I just had this thought to kind of close us out was could you imagine sitting face to face with Jesus? And saying, can't wait. But saying to him, I completely believe that you hung on a cross and died a horrible, horrible death for me so that I could be made whole, be, be made, uh, you know, Free. righteous through your blood. I t- fully believe that you've done that. A horrible, terrible death on a cross, but. I also would want you to give me some financial blessings. And I also want you to make my life pretty easy. And I also want you to, and just add whatever you want. Could you imagine having that conversation with with him that I know what you've done for me. I'm not denying it. But there's, there's a list of things mm-hmm. I want. And that's what the modern church too oftentimes is, is well, giving how us. Many, how many times have we done that in prayer? Mm-hmm. thanked him for what he's already done and said, but God, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. And we make that bargain. Yeah. And that, that makes it, I'm over here with tears in my eyes thinking, how how have I lived? Have I lived that conversation mm-hmm. of, of sitting across from Jesus and saying, I know what you did for me, but can I have this too? Yeah. And we're basically saying what you did is not enough. Mm. I need more than salvation. I need more than your life. Yeah. And and and, and mo- not only are we saying I need more than what you've already done, but we're not willing to give up anything of us. No, we're not willing to give up our life for him. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're 
looking at the at the one person who gave everything for us and saying that's not good enough for me yeah like who do we think we are that's that's the problem to make such demands that we we can we can begin to think too highly of ourselves and uh and less of him but uh and and there's nothing wrong with with asking with with i mean the bible tells us that but it's at that it's at that way of uh asking and you know uh, expecting like i'm not gonna like you said i'll do something if you'll do something but uh, if he never done anything else like you you read there a while ago then we we're fine we we all we owe him no matter what no matter if he ever does anything else and it's you know it's it's okay pray for your loved ones pray for the sick pray you know for your family pray for yourself and your relationship and pray and and seek those things he, but he, invite he, his will to be yeah done. he he cares about the finest of mm-hmm. details but we also have to pray like that with a heart of you know you've already done so much and i'm going to i'm going to worship you and serve you exactly the same because of what you've done Mm -hmm. that's it so because of what's already uh, what's already been accomplished that's right all right well that was a great topic that you had us uh go down this week all right um and then like i said i i'm i'm hoping to touch back on the the postmodernism, the progressive christianity and uh, those things just later down the road uh, we did get confirmation this week that uh, uh, we'll have our guest here in a few weeks. Uh, we're going to cover marriage topics, uh, so we're looking forward to that. And uh, we're still working on uh, the giveaways and how we're going to do that. So uh, a lot's coming, a lot we're looking forward to, a lot of, of uh, exciting things. Thank everybody for listening. Uh, don't forget, reach out to us. Uh, at Jesus Center Stage at gmail.com. Of course, we're on Facebook at Jesus Center Stage. Uh, we're on YouTube at Jesus Center Stage. Leave us comments there. Click that subscribe button. That always helps us. And, uh, and share. Share it on Facebook. Share it wherever you can and help us get this word out. And uh, keep Jesus Center Stage in your life.